Hi everybody, I'm Amelia Easley and you are listening to the Sustainability of podcast. I'm currently studying environmental studies and international business at Santa Clara University. Each episode breaks down a company or product and its sustainable practices. I'm your one-stop shop for learning about everything sustainability related. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode on the social costs of the jewelry industry. I'm here with Sayona, who has her own uh, jewelry company called Sayona. She's the namesake, and she's all the way in Singapore right now. So I'm so thankful that she reached out to do this episode. And next week, you will be able to hear all about the environmental costs of the jewelry industry when we go dive deep into part two. I'm so excited. So good morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing very fine. Thank you. Thank you for your time because I know that uh, it's not the morning for you. <laughs> no, but I was I was like, I want to make it easiest for you because I was just so happy when you reached out to do this. I'm like literally so excited about it. I'm like telling everyone I know. I'm like, I get to interview someone. So Seona is the name of the sustainable jewelry company and which is your namesake that was founded this past September, September 2019 by you Tell me if I'm pronouncing this right, Mathieu. Mathieu, yes, right. A AOC, uh, Mathieu's brother, Baptiste. Yeah. Baptiste, okay. yes. Yeah. And you're all currently based in Singapore. Are you yes. from France? Yes, we are all, uh, all the three of us are from France. Actually, uh, Mathieu and Baptiste, they are brother, brothers, and Baptiste is my husband. So that's why we, <laughs> it's like family, family business. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so you make beautiful rings and earrings. Thank you. I have looked at them. They're stunning. <laughs> Thank you very and much. they only use 18 karat recycled gold and lab grown diamonds. Yes, correct. Which makes the the ability for your supply chain to be completely traceable, yes. which I think is super important. Yes. And like honestly, it's kind of impossible to do that. So I love that you're doing just literally everything you can. Thank you. Actually, even for us, it's it's it has been a challenge to do this, but by minimizing the number of material, like having only two, you can control your supply chain uh, quite easily. And when you're a small business, it's easy to implement uh, rules, to implement processes, uh, to be able to track your your supply chain. It, it's much more difficult for like big companies or big factories. I was honestly, I was like so excited when I was doing all the research. I was looking up your company and I was looking up the industry and I was trying to figure out like, what can't you find on the internet? And so I'm really excited to ask those questions. And um, and then I'd like you to tell, not, you know, to, to my few followers and then me uh, a bit about you and why you decided to create this business and how you knew that you wanted to use sustainable practices. Okay, so actually it started uh, for me personally, it started a few years back uh, in 2012. Uh, Batiste and I, we moved to India in uh, Jaipur to Rajasthan, which is the north of India. Uh, we moved there for work. And I discovered the world of jewelry. I discovered the stones, gemstones, because Jaipur is, is the, what we call a cut center. So all the gemstones from the world, they, they, they go through Jaipur to be cut because they are very good uh, diamond cutters and gemstone cutters. So I discovered that jewelry business uh, when I was there. 
and I was not working in the jewelry business at that time. I was uh, doing uh, literature studies, so nothing to do with jewelry. Uh, but it became my my real passion at that time. So I decided to to work in the jewelry industry, and to do so, I studied gemology at the GIA, so the Gemological Institute of America, uh, to have like a um, educational background in jewelry. Um, and that's how I knew that I wanted to to work in the jewelry business. So it started like in 2012. Uh, but I needed a bit of experience, so I worked in the jewelry business for different brands. And when I reached uh, Singapore, I worked for a, a local designer here. Uh, and I discovered the product development part, how you really make a jewelry from the from the brief, from the designer brief to the samples to production to to technical issues to repairs, return everything. I had. I had control on the on, on the full um, uh, process that was very interesting, and it gave me the experience uh, that experience that I wanted to uh, launch my business. And uh, very lucky, uh, I was very lucky because at that time Mathieu was there too, and Mathieu is the business part because he uh, is uh, he has a diploma from INSEAD, which is a big uh, business uh, school. So he is the business part, the money part, uh, the develop business development part, and I am the creative part. And Batis is working in education, so he is our expert on uh, all the articles on the blog that you can see, all the information that we share on our website and on our blog. He is our expert on this. So actually, we have uh, three very different uh, personalities and and professional background and all together it it sounds it sounded at uh, in 2019 like six months ago it sounded like it was the right time for us to join and launch that business as for your question about the sustainability uh, i guess it's uh, down the road from from jaipur to singapore um i have met a lot of people i have been in a lot of workshops I have studied the gemstones and how you mine them, um, what it really means to, to produce a, a piece of jewelry. Uh, usually you see it on, in a store and, and you're like, oh, it's pretty, I buy it, or it's not pretty, I don't like it. But you don't know how many steps there are uh, before that, that product. And there are numerous steps. It's not just like you take gold, you melt it, you put a diamond on it, and that's it. No, because the gold comes from somewhere, the diamonds come from somewhere else, and then you have all the design, 3D, wax. There are many, many steps, and all those multiple steps, um, they need to be controlled. And I guess that uh, my personal life also, I, I became more and more aware of uh, what we are doing to our planet, how we can improve. And even if you if you produce something, even if you sell something, uh, and and in our case we sell something that is not um, it's not food or uh, you don't need jewelry to live. It's only like beauty. It's like an accessory. Even if you sell and produce an accessory, uh, it needs to be clean. To me, it needs to be clean, and it can definitely be clean. Even if a lot of people think that it cannot, it, it can. 
So that's why we decided to go into the sustainability jewelry. That makes me so happy. And the whole jewelry industry is just so fascinating to me. And so I like literally I'm like jumping up and down excited to do <laughs> this and like so, learn so much from you. So with that being said, um, a lot of us understand how difficult it is to have a full like the full traceability of a supply chain. Um because companies like don't want to give away proprietary information and they don't want people to know like their secrets, like for example, like what factory they use to mine their jewelry or where they get their recycled gold. And so um, how can like you as a sustainable company ensure that the supply chain is transparent and ethical and how, how do you work with different uh, sources to make that happen? And like, what are your criteria, I guess, to, does that make any sense? Like, what makes it so difficult and what are the processes that you have to go through to make it transparent? Mm. So uh, for us, we, as I just said uh, before, we, we decided to uh, choose two materials only because when you have only two materials, then it's much more easy to control. Uh, also, our materials, on one side, we have uh, recycled gold, 18K recycled gold. On the other side, we have lab-grown diamonds. And lab-grown diamonds, uh, as, as we know, they are made in labs. So it's much more easy um, to contact your, your, your factory manager and to say, okay, I want to visit the factory. I want to make sure that uh, the diamonds are made here, that they are made in good condition. It's much more easy to go into a lab than to go into a mine. Um, because the mine, you, you don't even know where is your mine. Actually, uh, even if you say, okay, my, my diamonds are mined in, uh, I don't know, like Central Africa. Uh, okay, but then you need to go there. And how can you go there? It is very, very, very difficult. Um, for us, we, we also take a risk. Uh, and that risk is that we have a very limited number of suppliers. Uh, we have one supplier for the recycled gold, one supplier for the lab-grown diamond, and one workshop. That's it. So it, it's a risk for us because if uh, anything happens, like it closes or whatever, I do have backup. I do have like some some other solutions that I can I can put into place. But um, but yes, it's a risk. But at the same time. I have direct direct access to those persons. I think it's very important that behind your workshop there is someone, and that someone, that person, you can contact contact her or him. You can go and see them. And uh, in sustainability businesses, what is very important is that you can ask questions, and that's the first thing you should do is ask questions to your your supplier. Because sometimes, um, like jewelry business or fashion business, it's, it's not that they don't want to share. Some of them don't want to share. Some of them don't want to know. But some of them, they don't know how to ask questions. They don't know how to get answers. And their, their supply chain is so complex that they cannot even control it. Um, I think it is very obvious in fashion uh, industry. Uh, if, you are, if you are like a big brand, and you have, I don't know, like hundreds of, uh, of factories working for you, uh, you don't even know 
right? And sometimes um, in in the jewelry business also it, it, it exists. Uh, for example, um, my workshop I, I have rules with them. They cannot uh, ask someone another factory to do a piece of my jewelry because then I lose control. Uh, some of them they would in my factory uh, we have everything from the 3D to the wax to the design everything is under the same roof. If you start like like uh, dividing your processes, then it becomes very hard to control because your 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 factory manager can say, oh okay, then um, I gave this to a friend because he's uh, he does that better than I do, which is a good point. But then you don't know that friend, and maybe that friend is working with children, and you never you never met him. So yeah, I guess for us we uh, minimize, we limit the number of material, we limit the number of supplier, and we have direct access and communication with all of them. I think it's very important, and we ask questions, and we we ask questions, and we expect uh, answers. Yeah, which can be tough. How difficult was it to find? people that kind of met your standards? Uh, for the recycled gold, it was quite easy because I, I found uh, someone uh, which is actually selling gold with certificates and everything. Um, so this was very, quite easy actually. And we went, we, we can talk about it uh, later. I think we'll talk about the e-waste stuff and everything. But it is very uh, well regulated now. So that, that part was, was easy. Uh, the hardest part was the workshop in India. Uh, so actually for that workshop, I visited a lot, a lot, a lot of them. Um, and I had some expectations, which are uh, ISO uh, certified. Then I had to be able to visit that workshop because some of the workshop you cannot visit, which is a very big problem. So I had to go and visit. I visited them several times before uh, working with them uh, to check that each time there were no children, there were security rules, um, available drinkable water for, for the workers, uh, good environment. Yes, everything. Uh, but it was, it was quite, quite tough. And what is difficult also is to find the good supplier, but after that to maintain uh, the quality and the expectations. What I was curious about was um, what made you decide to use recycled materials and like lab grow diamonds instead of just sustainably sourcing them? Hmm, that's a very good question because we actually uh, wondered a lot. Um, for the diamonds, it was very clear to us that we would use uh, lab grown diamonds. I guess it's because of my gemology background. Uh, the first thing that, that uh, was a big shock for me when I, when I studied gemology was how deep uh, you need to dig to find a diamond, uh, how much money, how, ma how many trucks you need to, 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 to use, uh, how, how much uh, material waste you have. Uh, just to to mine one carat of diamond, and to me the 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 impact on the planet was was tremendous. And we compared lab grown diamonds and and mined diamonds in terms of uh, pollution, um, 
environmental impact. And we decided very quickly to go with Lagrange Diamond. They are very good minds, uh, ethical, I mean, like, uh, eco, uh, responsible minds, especially in Canada. They are, I, I know they are, I know they are doing amazing job compared to traditional uh, mining uh, system. But to us, um, we decided that lab-grown diamonds was the best solution in terms of uh, environmental impact. For gold, it was a bit more difficult. We, we hesitated a lot, actually. Um, and the reason why we hesitated was uh, because of the the job, uh, the jobs that we we do not provide job to anyone when we use recycled gold, so that was a big uh, negative impact because it's like killing the little mines. Uh, I know that it's 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 one of the negative impact that we uh, we are aware of and that we completely we are completely okay with it uh, because to us. Same, we did some comparison, and to mine some gold, you need to use mercury, you need to use the toxic uh, products, and the supply chain for gold is very, very opaque. So um, I know that there are some fair trade gold. We studied also that opportunity, that, that solution for us, uh, but same, we decided that uh, there is, after some studies, we we understood that there is enough gold uh, that is already mined to produce jewelry for many many years. So we decided to go for recycled gold. Yeah. The environmental impacts very much yes. outweighed the social. Yes. Yes. So I also just for the skeptics out there wanted to include this question of. Um, that I'm sure many people who value convenience over uh, their concern for the earth and other humans will argue that at some point we will have recycled all the gold in the world and we'll need to mine more. What's the situation on that? Uh, okay, so I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so for <laughs> one for one very uh, simple reason. Uh, if okay, so each year we mine more gold than we use every year there is like 1000 tons of gold that is mined and that is not used and actually we did like um we did a research on this yeah because we we made a video about this on our website but um <laughs> actually <laughs> yeah actually if you if you take the the world uh stock of gold there is enough gold to produce jewelry for more than 75 years. Like now, just now. And every year we mine more and more gold. It's just like increasing, the, the, the production is increasing. So maybe skeptical people will say, okay, we'll run out of gold. Uh, we still have 75 years. <laughs> so I guess we, we're fine for now. Um, I think it's not, it's not an issue. Like the, 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 the gold stock, the, the quantity of gold that we have on hand is much more, it, 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 it's enough. And then I also, like, after 75 years, I saw, because most of the gold that goes into the recycled, you know, recycled jewelry mm -hmm. is from other jewelry. Yes. And jewelry ages and becomes yes. less stylish over time. So after yes. 75 years, you're still going to have stuff you don't want and then you can recycle them. Yes. 
and there is also in 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 there is also the wedding jewelry like for example in india uh the wedding jewelry you 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 get it from your family big amount of gold in traditional weddings for example in the north of india and the goal is not to keep it it's for you to have like a financial security so at one point you will sell it and it will become like you will it will be recycled in gold or in gold bars or in gold uh, other gold jewelry so yeah you have more than enough yeah that's crazy i never knew that that's really interesting yeah. So my last question in the social side of our chat is, um, is hopefully like one of the goals of my conversation with you. And then hopefully like one of the big things that the audience will learn. Um, If you would talk about other major problems besides mining and um, mining's degradation to the land and then the social costs of it um, that are associated with conventional the conventional jewelry industry that some of us might not know about. So instead of like, you know, child labor and, you know, the intensive earth degrading practices that are used when mining, what else is super dangerous that Mm -hmm. we might not know about? Um, Actually about the diamond industry, even if they're, I'm I'm sure, you know, uh, that movie Blood Diamond by Leonardo DiCaprio. No, I've never seen that before. You don't know? Oh, well, now I have to watch it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, So it's about Blood Diamonds. Um, So Blood Diamonds are diamonds that are mined um, uh, usually in Africa. And they are uh, the the business of those diamonds um, provide money to... uh, to like armed conflicts in those countries, oh. like directly, it's directly linked. Uh, after that movie, a bit before that movie, but that movie was very important for the the awareness of that problem of that issue. Um, there was some some measure, some measures were taken, um, but actually, uh, blood diamonds still exist in Africa. Um, and also in some other regions. And not only for diamonds, it, also, it is also the case for emeralds, for example, in Colombia, or with, which uh, can give financial support to uh, drug cartels and armed conflicts. So that's one major problem. Uh, for example, jade in Myanmar is the same. There are a lot of uh, gemstones uh, that are very expensive, like diamonds, emeralds, rubies, jade, very valuable to uh, uh, to the to the to the population. That um, are financial support to conflict, uh, armed conflicts, and and drug cartels, and and it is associated with uh, like modern slavery, like slavery. Yeah. So that's one point that uh, is very harmful. Also, another thing I would say is like because we produce a lot and a lot, a lot of jewelry. There is like uh, we consume more and more. So the customer they will buy cheap jewelry, um, and because it's cheap, then you buy a lot of them. Uh, you buy like ten rings in one in one row because it's like ten boxer ten boxer rings. So you just want to stack them and. Uh, so it's it also goes with the 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 
that frenetic consumption that we we do uh, enjoy business same as fast fashion to me it's like very comparable the two industries are very very comparable yeah <laughs> I didn't I knew that there was like a lot of conflict <laughs> with uh the diamond industry but I had no idea about like the direct impact on those conflicts yeah is it like a documentary I uh, know it's a it's a it's a fiction oh okay. uh, yeah but like based off of you know like actual yes. things that happen yes. every day. <laughs> yes, in uh, Sierra Leone. And you should definitely uh, watch that movie. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> on my list. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to stay up to date with what I'm up to, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Sustainability of Podcast and subscribe to this channel. Also, it would help me a ton if you wrote a review on Apple iTunes. Uh, just saying how much you love to learn. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in my next episode.